This is Coach Lee, and you're listening to The Door Report. At Vanderbilt, it's Tim Corbin in the Vandy Boys, Jerry Stackhouse on the hardwood, and Clark Lee on the gridiron. Nashville, it's time to sit back, relax, grab a cold one, and enjoy the show. The Music City is our state, and West End is where we rock. You're listening to The Door Report, the premier Vanderbilt podcast for fans who believe black and gold. Commodore Nation. Anchor down. No strings till the hank comes out. Make all the drunk girls scream and shout. We love it, we hate it. We're all just trying to make it in this crazy town. Welcome into the door report. It is episode 204 on a Thursday night. It is February 9th. The evening after Vanderbilt upsets the sixth-ranked Tennessee Volunteers at Memorial Gym. Oh, my goodness. We have a lot to get to. We are, as always, powered by Alaco Finewood Floors, family-owned and operated for more than two decades. Alaco Finewood Floors is Nashville and Middle Tennessee's choice for premium quality hardwood floors. Since 1995, Jimmy Alaco and his army of employees have embodied the approach of taking pride in one's craft and providing superior customer service, growing from a one-man shop to a team of 23 professionals who share the founder's passion for quality craftsmanship and customer satisfaction. If you're interested in contacting them, find their headquarters out in Berry Hill, 2505 Winford Avenue, or give them a call at 615-356-0303, or check them out on the web at alacofinewoodfloors.com. We do have a couple more sponsors, but we're going to spread them out this time, Will. Great advice last episode. We're going to spread those sponsors out, uh, Primus Bank and Pickett. We'll get to those throughout the show, so stay tuned for that. But, guys, I think this is one of the more anticipated episodes, not just by us, but by Vandy fans. Um, It's pretty incredible thinking about the perception that has changed of this team and of Stackhouse in the last week. I mean, really, we've we've been negative, uh, and and deservedly so for, for most reasons. But, guys, I'll say this. The resiliency that we talked about in the football season, I mean, we, we had counted them out. Fans had counted them out during the football season. We didn't we counted this basketball team out. I mean, we we were we were jumping off. We were this is what's wrong with this program. Not saying everything has been fixed, but guys, that that win did a lot. I mean, it did a lot. There's still a lot to do, just like it was in football. I mean, we were saying similar things, but you've got to say a lot about the resiliency and just getting it done. I mean, they got it done. Vanderbilt knocks off Tennessee 66-65 at Memorial. Will, how shocked were you? Because I was I was floored. I was standing up floored, staring at my TV in disbelief. We texted back and forth a little bit because I was I texted you a little bit excited about what was happening on inside of Memorial and you said we both know how this is going to end. And I said, I know, but I'm a (laughs) glutton for punishment. And it felt like with about 30 seconds left in that game, when Vanderbilt was fouling at the end before the front end of that one and one was missed, that it truly was going to be like Groundhog Day. We were going to see another performance where they played right with the team uh, in, you know, ranked in the top 25, Tennessee ranked at number six. And then at the end, just couldn't close it out and fell apart and lost and, heartbreaking fashion fortunately that didn't happen and and credit where credit is due I was the first one to criticize where stack had been called an an X's and O's guy and an incredible offensive scheme in mind and I criticized that and I said why why has that been a thing well he gave me a big old middle finger with that last play sure he did. drew up for Manion to dish the ball in the corner to Tyron Lawrence that was a beautiful play design getting it into Liam Robbins knowing that they wouldn't be denying the ball to him. Then the handoff to Mignon, Mignon going up, kind of the pump fake. You thought he was going up for the layup. Tennessee's defense all drew down. And then he dropped an absolute dime to Tyron Lawrence right in the shooting pocket. And Tyron did the rest and got that shot off with about 0.1 seconds left. Uh, And one thing I want to point out before we get to Trevor's uh, take on on the huge win last night in Memorial, 
that they adjusted the clock uh, when Vanderbilt called that timeout. Point eight uh, seconds, put, right? Yeah, put point eight mm-hmm. seconds yeah, back was on the huge. clock from four, from four seconds to four nice point eight seconds. Will. A lot, a lot of times that doesn't get a lot of attention in correcting that. But if there are four seconds on that clock, that play does not work, and that ball is still in Tyron Lawrence's hand uh, as the buzzer goes off. So also incredible, was... incredible play by Stack, though. I just want I want yeah. to give credit where credit is due. You got to give credit to the play call, Trevor. That was the longest four point eight seconds of my life. Oh my God, I mean, I it that not just the game but specifically the last five minutes of that game was a great representation of this season yep to where they reeled you in for a little bit and you thought you had hope and then with i don't know 30 seconds left you were like they lost. It was over. Um, I literally tweeted. I said, "Oh look, you Vandy, did. You Vandy discovered another way to lose a game because that's what it felt like." I mean, well, you want to know what your tweet here? This is just going to be a, a dumb fan take for me. The tweet reverse jinxed right. the jinx. But I, that, I tried to say that, that but I had no PA, confidence in it. That the PA <laughs> announcer put on Vanderbilt. Shout out Chris Freeman. A one, maybe one of like the nicest guys I've ever met. Um, he used to uh, teach it in my old hometown at one of the high schools. Wonderful person that was put on the team whenever they were like, "Don't storm the court." So that tweet mm. reverse jinxed the original jinx that That's was what put it was. on Vandy basketball. So it was necessary. Chess it was Scott necessary. Checker. Is yeah, it, <laughs> a galaxy brain take once again um, <laughs> by the door report and Billy. But I don't have any words, honestly. Like, I it still, still doesn't don't. feel it still doesn't feel real. And it's one thing to it's one thing for Vanderbilt to come out with a win like that. That always feels good. It's one thing for it to happen against a top ten team. It's another thing for it to happen against Tennessee. And Tennessee has been a bugaboo for Vanderbilt as of late with basketball. A little bit. That was a big, big monkey to get off your back. Whenever you had all the local media and all the Tennessee fans saying, is this the greatest Tennessee basketball team of all time? And then, and then Jerry Stackhouse, who rightfully so at points, has been getting dogged on Twitter and dogged on this podcast, out coaches. And out X's and O's. I would agree with that. Yeah. Rick Barnes. Did you ever think Rick we'd be Barnes, saying that? Rick Barnes is a dead man. Tennessee basketball is dead. Jerry Stackhouse killed <laughs> Tennessee basketball. Tyron Lawrence killed Tennessee basketball. It happens every year, guys. It happens in football. It happens in baseball. Now, apparently, they think Tony Vitello is freaking Sparky Anderson of college <laughs> baseball. You're going to show glimpses every now and again, but you can't get it done. And that's what separates Tony Vitalo from Tim Corbin. And it's not just your baseball program. It's your football program. It's your basketball program. Enjoy the rankings. You will always get knocked out of the tournament. You will always be losers in everything. You will never, ever, ever win a national championship (laughs) of any – in significance you want to talk about women's bowling okay let's talk about women's bowling what have you guys done all of your major sports suck <laughs> keep paying josh heifel all that money keep literally giving tony vitello back massages you guys are frauds in every single sport and once again the whole world knew it but you guys just wanted to keep jamming the copium in your veins well guess what the Reaper has come for his reward. Rick Barnes is dead. Tennessee basketball is dead. And Jerry Stackhouse killed him. Trevor said piss and vinegar, but I don't know if I fully expected <laughs> that. That was that was impassioned. Wow. It may have been the tweet that I saw, Trevor, that got you so fired up. It was one thing, you know, to say that Tennessee has owned Vanderbilt in football. One thing to say that. But then he said Josh Heupel owns Vanderbilt football, whatever. Then he said Tony Vitello owns tim corbin that 
was what really set me into the full mode of diving into Tennessee fan-based illusion is there's no functional brain on this planet that thinks outside of Knoxville, Tennessee, which functional brain and Knoxville, Tennessee don't necessarily go together, but there's no functional brain that thinks one or two seasons under Tony Vitello of a successful baseball program is even in the same vicinity of what Tim Corbin has done, consistently producing star major league talent, two national championships, 2014 and 2019, and being completely equated with being the biggest brand in all of NCAA baseball. Go ahead and take Tony Vitello in your shitty little park in Knoxville, Tennessee. Cracker box park. Guys, that honestly, we could end it now. I think fans would be satisfied, but uh, we've got a little bit more of the game to talk about. Uh, We've got a sponsor to get to. And guys, I want to get to a stat. I don't know if y'all saw this after the game. It was a graphic they showed on the SEC network. The title was Hostile Environment. Tennessee as an AP top 10 team in road games at Vanderbilt. They're one in five. So Tennessee as a top 10 team having to go into that snake pit that is Memorial Gym. They're one in five. 2019, they won. That's their only win since 1968 as a top 10 team. So, And that win was in overtime as well. Ex- exactly. And the Grant yeah. Williams flop. Go back to 2008 where Stallings and that team knocked off number one Tennessee. So, guys, that's what it felt like. I mean, this hasn't happened to a Vanderbilt basketball team in, I mean, since that Lachance game winner. Well, I, I think, I mean, at least a game mm-hmm. winner like that, um, you know, to right. that extent. But you look back at you know, the Lachance game winner and, and last night's game winner, it wasn't even a, a, a sold-out Memorial Gym. I mean, that was the weird part about it. Like, the students stormed the floor, and, you know, they were, like, circling the V. Like, that – That <laughs> I mean, imagine if that place was packed, and, I mean, the whole – the court would have been covered. So that's what was weird about it, I think. And another weird part about it, as we get to a little bit of our recap here, is – you look at the perception of Stackhouse, and that's why I was in such disbelief. I mean, we were saying this yeah. could not happen. We were convinced Stackhouse was not going to beat Tennessee, and this season was done. Stackhouse shouldn't have his job. I mean, we were saying everything that, quite frankly, should have been said about the program at the time. But this it's amazing what a win over Tennessee can do for a lot of Andy fans' minds. It, it, it really is. I mean, it, it doesn't take you, much. All of a sudden, you've got fans coming out of the woodshed saying, you guys better better be positive about Stackhouse. Yeah, we've given him credit. What a win. What a win to beat Tennessee on your home floor for the first time in, in, in the Stackhouse era. That's a huge win. It's massive. But one win over Tennessee, that doesn't do it. I mean, it, you've got – and Stack said that. He said, we've got to validate this now. Stack is with us. Uh-huh. I mean, he he knows this is not it. This is not it for the season, you know, he, and, and guys, he's, he knows he's fighting for his job. I think he knows that. I mean, that win. that's how, did you see how desperate they were? He said that they did, they had a, a different guy. Andy Fox was on the scout and the, I mean, the, the defense they threw at Tennessee w- was unbelievable. So um, we'll get to more of this guys and, and we'll get to some more of these stats. Uh, but before that, we're going to talk about Primus Bank with Kennedy Mathis as this Tennessee recap is sponsored by Primus Bank. Kennedy Mathis, loan officer, obviously, writer for the Doorport. Kenny, I'm, I'm going to get your recap posted uh, sometime tonight, get that out to the fans, but he's got a passion for <laughs> writing, but also assisting families in realizing their dreams of home ownership. Contact Kennedy at 931-224-7684 or email him at kennedy.mathis at primusbank.com. Apply for a mortgage at primusbank.com. They've got a solution for you. Cash out, refinance. First-time home buyer, rental properties, USDA loan, VA loan, vacation, and second home. Ooh, that sounds nice. Uh, apply online today at primusbank.com, again, or call 931-224-7687. Sorry, I don't, don't want to get your number wrong there, Kennedy. Uh, guys, I want to I want to get to something that you guys were most surprised by. You know, we'll get to that first. So after this game, you know, you, you, sit, you, you sit wherever you are. None of us were at this game. I mean that that's that's sort of the first thing. There was not there was zero buzz mm-hmm. for this game, zero no. buzz. Um, I mean that's sort of what happens when you lose by nearly sixty to an SEC team and you come back to play your in-state rival who has won eleven straight against you. 
Uh, that's sort of the meaning behind a lot of this, guys. But I'll start. I, I was most surprised by the just the attentiveness by Vanderbilt on offense. I mean, they got this was arguably their best offensive day in the against an SEC opponent. I mean, you know, they got good shots. Yes, they hit their shots. That's important. I mean, they 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 hit some big shots when you really needed them to. Jordan Wright had a late three that I thought was huge. Liam mm-hmm. Robbins, of course, was massive. Tyron Lawrence, you finally saw those veterans start to step into their role that we had talked about before the season, guys. I mean, we said Liam Robbins, this is our best player. I mean, this th- he has to be the guy. He's got to be the guy you run your offense through. That's what they did against Tennessee. They haven't been doing that this season, though, which is mm-hmm. what is mind-blowing. That That's what's mind-blowing, guys. So Jordan Wright, one of his better games this season. He, he mm-hmm. you, Guys, you I know you all felt this. He sort of said at the end of that game, we're not losing. I'm going to make shots. We're, we're, yeah, we're all, all his you know. points were in the second half. I'm exactly. Sure. Exactly. So that Jordan was right. That is has been a big critique of Jordan that fans have had, I've had, is you look to him to be that sort of closer. Yeah. And he just I, I remember uh last season, whenever Alabama was in memorial and they drew up a shot for him at the goal. Mm-hmm. The simple layup that I forget if he could have tied the game or given us the lead, but he just point blank missed it. Yeah. And that's been yeah. a big criticism of Jordan. Yesterday, watching him in the second half was one of those and I think this is what's beautiful about basketball is you can like see those moments to where like a light switch flips on for a guy and they just black out and they just play. Yeah. And I think you I I think you saw that from Jordan last night to where he's he just decided to where he's like I'm going to take over this ball game. Yeah. And so that's will what I was you know I don't know about surprised but I just thought they stepped up. You could tell will with this team last night they knew what was at stake. They're, that that group was not losing. And it was pretty evident. I mean, first half, what, they're down by two? You know, they're down by two in the first half. Late in that game, they sort of did what it took. I mean, Tennessee, I've heard a lot of people saying that 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 uh, Julian Phillips not going up and dunking that lost them the game. You could argue that. But Santiago Vescovi also missed a front end of a one-and-one and left his man, Tyron Lawrence, to go, you know, close in on Ezra Magnon, who didn't look like he was even trying to shoot there. So anybody saying Tennessee gift wrapped them, oh, they they choked us away. I think you need to give more credit to Vanderbilt at home hitting the shots and and Will just down the stretch, giving them the credit. Tyron Lawrence had to hit the shot. I mean, <laughs> he had to hit the shot. He did, and Will, it's it's incredible. It is incredible. We we thought Tyron Lawrence and Stackhouse their relationship was was doomsday. I mean, nobody knew what was going on, but he's the guy to hit the game winner in the corner at home against Tennessee, a top 10 Tennessee team. It's crazy. Stack talked about God. He said, that's God. I mean, I mean, honestly, like that, that, that was a a pretty powerful moment. I think for Tyron and stack and the team, I don't know what this means guys, but will it's a pretty gutsy win. I mean, that, that, that took some stones and you, you could tell, how just gassed everybody was, every player. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. No matter what style you're going for, you can trust your flooring job to a Laco Fine Wood Floors. Take a walk through the woods in your home every day. Get your flooring job started today by calling 615-356-0303. A Laco Fine Wood Floors. Craftsmanship you can stand on. Yeah, I mean, there are so many things that I was surprised at. First off, you know, we came on here and said this season's over, and then I went and bet, uh, you know, a little bit of money on the Vanderbilt money line because I couldn't help myself because I got that little gut feel. Yeah, that gut feeling that is actually never correct. But (laughs) Tennessee fans saying that, you know, he didn't go up and shoot that layup, instead pulled the ball out. 
there are two ways to view at the end of the game. Did Tennessee choke away the game? Or there's another term for that. It's called out-executing the opponent in crunch time. Vanderbilt perfectly executed the end-of-game scenario. Tennessee did the opposite in crunch time. They lost their brains. They didn't do what they should have done in the situation. They should have gone up, dunked the ball. Their game would have been pretty much over in a two-possession game, four-point game with about eight seconds left. Vanderbilt would still have a couple fouls to go before Tennessee was up at the free throw line. Would have pretty much ended it. Instead, that UT education, he pulled the ball out, got fouled, and then Viscovi <laughs> choked. And, and Tyron Lawrence did not choke. And so the number one thing getting to the actual game that I was most surprised at was the minutes distribution and the lineups that Stackhouse used. That is what we wanted to get pleasantly surprised was that's what we wanted to see all year. The number one criticism of Jerry Stackhouse that we have had this entire season is how he uses the talent that he has on this roster. The lineups don't make a lot of sense. Not enough scoring on the court. You know, you have some size, but there's just too many guys that are distributors and not enough guys that are scorers. So this game at the end, correct me if I'm wrong, the lineup to close out that game was Ezra Mignon at point, Tyron Lawrence, Jordan Wright, Colin Smith, and Liam Robbins. That is an offensive lineup. Everyone but Ezra Mignon can knock down a jumper from the outside, which spreads out driving lanes for Tyron Lawrence and Ezra Mignon. And Tyron is getting better and more consistent with that jumper. And if you have four guys on the court, including Liam Robbins, who is knocking down outside jumpers, that opens up the paint for Mignon. And then he's going to be able to drive and dish. Robbins is going to be able to seal. Guys aren't able to dig down. So the lineup, the minutes distribution, the top seven, eight guys, the top eight guys in this rotation, and QMB obviously playing a lot because of foul trouble, but 20 minutes to QMB, 24 to Liam. He was in foul trouble. Trey Thomas, 21 minutes. Tyron, 34 minutes. Ezra, 29 minutes. Colin Smith, 17. Studi, who had an off shooting night, 19. Jordan Wright, 27. Nobody else played over seven minutes. Those are the guys we want to see on the court, minus maybe a couple, just because of depth things. Won't get into that. But the rotations made sense. The lineups made sense. All of a sudden, you were able to see these X's and O's that people have been talking about from Jerry Stackhouse. And they didn't come out and set the world on fire. They scored 66 points. But this was against a, probably the best, the best statistically defensive team in the country. Defensive yeah. team in yep. the country. And Vanderbilt hit the most threes uh, that had been scored against Tennessee all season. Uh, they were 10 of 25, shooting 40%. So... The lineup usage, stack adjusted, and by some miracle of God, what he was doing with Tyron Lawrence is what I kind of brought up. That sometimes every basketball player is a little bit of a prima donna. It just comes with it, especially if you're a guy like Tyron that's probably the Batman or Robin to Liam Robbins, depending on the situation. Tyron needed a reset, needed a check, because he also balled out in the Ole Miss game that we haven't even discussed, which was a 74-71 to victory uh, before this UT game that was a must-win against a bad Ole Miss team that Vanderbilt was favored by three and a half points over. So obviously the wake-up call to Tyron uh, woke him up, and he has been quite alive in these last couple games. And I'm excited against a little bit easier of a schedule what we're going to see if Stack can keep utilizing these rotations and lineups that makes sense to us stupid fans. It, that That is the story. That is a, a big storyline of this game that I feel like not a lot of people are talking about. I mean, and I feel a little bit vindicated because I know not just me, but you guys. Um, I We talk about him a lot. Bryce Smith writes for The Hustler. After the Alabama game, had a great post-game article basically to where he was saying he's like what the hell are these starting lineups and rotations that we've seen all year he's, they make no sense and so <laughs> i mean i feel a little bit vindicated that now that i've yeah. been calling for these sorts of lineups and rotations vanderbilt pulls out their biggest one of the season but i mean i think that's one of the biggest storylines of the game is you put your best players in and you just let and you let them do what they do 
and it's going to give you winning results. Um, Jordan played a wonderful game. And I, I, I want to talk about the Tyrant thing a little bit more because I tweeted last night the Tyrant arc, uh, the Tyrant Lawrence arc right now is like cinema. Um, oh and we were God. all, everybody yep. and their mother was hypercritical of Stackhouse during the Alabama game for sitting Tyrant for giggling. Um, that's reasonable. I don't, I don't feel like we, and we like don't even know if that was all that he exactly. mentioned. We, we really yeah. didn't. That was not our criticism of stack. Yeah. If you listen back, no. sort of mentioned I, I defended yeah. that. Yes. Yeah. I, I was, I was very much, this is like one of the dumber things I've heard. And I still sort of stand by that, but Hey, like you guys said, shout out to Stackhouse. He's the head coach. He knows his players. It seemed dumb to me, but it's lit a spark under Tyron Lawrence. Yeah. And I'll be the all I will gladly eat crow whenever it means Vanderbilt basketball is successful. I'll be the first to do it. I'll be the first to say I was wrong. In that moment, whatever he did to tie, it lit a fire under him. And Tyron Lawrence is playing really really good basketball right now he really Tyron is. Lawrence is playing winning basketball right now and so um I've also I think even whenever you look at someone like QMB I think I don't I think he only had I'm gonna have to look at this I think he only had like one point um I these starting yeah, lineups that we yeah. these I will say though the starting lineups we've seen this twin tower style starting lineup with him and Liam in the game I'm kind of down with it. And if you go back I, to last year, it worked last year too. I I really like it. And yeah, he's not going to put up points. But you know what? And I've been critical of him. Quit Malora Brown hustles. He <laughs> hustles harder. And I and I know every I I know it's like it, I'm not even saying this jokingly. I really think he deserves some credit that whenever he's on the floor He's all gas, no breaks. He's going after rebounds. He's diving on the floor for possessions. And I think whenever yeah, you have it's, guys it's not, like that, it doesn't that, show up in the in the box score. Yeah. Three steals. No. Yeah, but I think whenever you have guys like that who are showing life on the court and are giving them giving it their all, I think even though it might not show up in the in the box score, I think that's a really really good sign of where the program might be at right now. I'm not going to say it's great. I'm not going to say it's good. I'm saying it could very well. I always describe describe QMB like it doesn't matter if he is suiting up for the NCAA National Championship or if he's playing uh, Mississippi Valley State Delta in the second game of the season in front of friends and family at Memorial Gym. He is going to play with the exact same energy. You're going to feel him down low. I guarantee that opposing posts see him. And he he reminds me of this guy. He probably doesn't listen to this podcast, but this guy, his name was Bailey Howard. And he played high school basketball with me. And he was like six foot two. And he played post. Just and he had zero basketball <laughs> skill, like jumper wise, nothing. But if he boxed you out, he was boxing you out. If he walled <laughs> up, he was walling up. It was every bit of him. He was not avoiding any contact. That's what QMB is. He sets and the tone. You don't have to worry about him. I guarantee you he's like that in practice. He's just get up and go. Everybody else meets his energy. So I think you're right. I mean, he's not it's so like hard a not flashy, to fun guy player like to watch, too. but he is a fan favorite that you will you'll feel his impact of leaving more than you feel it with him here if that yeah, makes yeah. any sense at all and stack, stack mm-hmm. called him a cornerstone for the program and a lot of people i saw on twitter mocking that and hell one of us might have been that in the moment but at this point guys he sort of is that i mean qmb's been in the program yeah. like three four years i mean he's been in it he's been with stack and uh you know i think it's three i want to say three so you know he's been in it <clears throat> he has developed you know, I mean, he's gotten stronger. He's 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 aggressive. He's going to get every loose ball. So, Trevor, I, I completely agree with you on QMB that he makes a difference. He may not make a difference in, in the box score. Almost played almost twenty minutes, three offensive rebounds. That, that's that's decent right there. And you know, I if I can't 
he he's always tipping that ball out and getting us an extra mm-hmm. 30 seconds. I mean, it feels like all three of those offensive rebounds were extra 30 seconds there. So uh, QMB, I thought, you know, when he did play, uh, I mean, 20 minutes, you know, pretty good minutes there. Uh, guys, I want to mention something about – we kind of sort of proposed something to y'all. Before the season, this this program, every year, not just this season, they circle that home game against Tennessee. They circle it. Fans do. I mean, Vanderbilt fans, they love that game, you know, because if they win it, it's like the national championship, you know. So, okay, that was maybe a little too far. But, mm, you know, it's no. the feeling. I mean, when you beat Tennessee on your, no, on your home I, floor. No, I love beating Tennessee. Uh, for, I'm okay that'll get, that. That'll be a good I'm next I'm okay with that me. comparison. <laughs> but you know what I'm trying to say in the fact that that's a huge game every year. I mean, it is in every sport, football, baseball. Am I stupid in thinking that Stack looked ahead? Okay, we've got Tennessee next week. I need to make sure we are ready to roll for that game at home because I'm not losing that game. I'm not I need that game this bad because if I if I beat Tennessee at home, this is, you know, that's that's going to make a difference in the, in the, in the administration with some fans. I think it already has. So, am I stupid in thinking that Alabama game was sort of made out to be a positive with what he did with Tyron and maybe some other lessons learned. And, you know, they, they learn from that. They knock off Ole Miss, uh, a, a close win over Ole Miss, but a little preparation for Tennessee saying, hey, we'll sacrifice losing by 50. I know nobody wants to lose by 60, but we got to be ready for Tennessee. Am I an idiot in thinking that? I think you might be giving so. a little too much credit to, to stack. <laughs> like, yes, okay, I – I think that now we've gotten the positives, you know, I don't think that firing stack mid season was ever what we wanted. Um, but I think that maybe this has shifted us from the fire him now to, you know, let's, let's see how the rest of this season plays out. But yes, this is a symptom once again of the problems that we've talked about over and over and over with the Jerry Stackhouse era is the only consistent thing with this team under Jerry Stackhouse the last four years has been inconsistency. And that's it. This it's, we felt it a lot this year because it's been a perfect encapsulation of what the first three years of stack have been like is up and down, up and down. You don't really know what team you're going to see on the court. This team just got beat and granted it was without a star, both of their best players, probably against Alabama. You just lost by 57. You just snuck by, Ole Miss, 74-71. This team has come out and looked like the worst team in the SEC, and they just went toe-to-toe with the number six team in the country, the best defensive team in the country, and beat them. So clearly, this team has the talent, even with Jordan Wright coming off of concussion protocol, Liam coming back uh, from the ankle injury, even with all that, and Lee Dort out uh, with an injury as well that we haven't even really talked about. They Mm -hmm. were still in beat Tennessee Mm -hmm. so clearly the talent is there it's just not coming together and so stack I think felt that there's been a lot of shifting of expectations the expectations going into the season were being at least an NCAA bubble team not being in the first four of the SEC tournament and probably finishing in the top eight of the conference uh, was probably most fans top half upper middle half Yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 was most fans goals going in for some reason, that started to shift. That that yeah. expectation, this mm-hmm. was the yeah. first results-based year that that we had of Jerry Stackhouse. Up until six months ago, I think in our Twitter bio was hashtag we back stack. I mean, <laughs> the expectations going into this year haven't changed for us. The expectations looking at this roster, looking at the experience level year four with some talented freshmen coming in, that this would be a team that wins 18, 19, 20 games wins a couple in the SEC tournament and hopefully is a realistic bubble team going into the NCAA tournament, depending on how things shake out. And that hasn't happened. So beating UT is great, but this ain't football. Beating UT does not make a season that the expectations of Vanderbilt basketball are higher than that. And I said, enjoy the dub, relish the dub. I'm always take dubs wherever you can get them. And no matter how ugly, the ugliest win on the planet is still better than the best moral victory loss that's out there, whatever your team learns from. But this is just the first step. 
there there's still more wins that have to be had but this was a big piece of the puzzle to get me off of the fire jerry stackhouse train and so you had to win this one to give even a semblance of a chance of achieving what were initially your goals going into the year, because I'm not a fan of shifting expectations as the season goes on and due to, unless there's injuries that changes a lot of things, but with football, it was the same way. We were ecstatic at this team going five and seven because our expectations after year one under Clark Lee were not winning two SEC games. We were hoping they would win one, four and eight uh, was probably a high end goal going into the year. Now, next season with football, if they come out and go three and nine, yeah. we are going to be, I bet, extremely critical versus last season probably wouldn't have been as critical. So things shift and things change. And that's the part that I don't think most Vanderbilt fans have, have really grasped onto is it's not this. I supported stack from the beginning or I supported or I didn't is most of what we talked about wasn't even because of what we'd seen on the court. It was his comments in the pressers that were so awful. And that hasn't changed. I still remember those comments that were so off base and certain things like telling the media why you're benching Tyron and publicly shaming your shooters uh, for shooting one of 11 and one of six versus blaming yourself and taking it as a we loss versus a them loss. That still hasn't changed. Uh -huh. So I yeah. think I'm shifting in the right direction, but because of the expectations that I had going into this year, I'm not ready to just say crumple up the crumple up the criticisms that we had. And now I'm fully on board. That's going to take a lot more uh, through yeah. the last seven games of the season. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, guys, I think that's a fair take. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, let's face it. You, you look at that game and Vanderbilt, they looked like a top half team of the SEC, the way mm -hmm. they played. And Tennessee mm -hmm. looked, you know, t Tennessee, it's not like Tennessee played awful. Like Tennessee shot the ball really well and they shot the ball well enough to, to beat Vanderbilt. So that's what I, I, I think Vanderbilt played so well. This is in this team guys. I mean, we just haven't seen it consistently. Like you said, Will, we have not seen these late game, late game execution moments Really at all. I mean, you know, you, you could argue this was the first time you saw a Stackhouse team feel comfortable in the moment, in a, in a late game moment where you draw up a, a beautiful play, beautiful play, Stack. Your players still got to execute it. They did. They executed it, and Tyron Lawrence hit the shot. I don't think we've seen that in the Stackhouse era at all. And Stack yeah, said no. the thing of like, they, they missed shots. And I, I that's that's the part that I want to keep going back to is so much of that last podcast we had was centered on issues on the court, but it was also how he addressed the media after and, and what was going on with that. that so yes, Stack, yes, Stack, yeah. I agree that if Tyron misses that shot in the corner, that was a beautiful play design from you, from Coach Jerry Sackhouse. That was beautiful. But if he misses that, this is a very different conversation. So most of basketball just comes down to whether guys hit shots or not. But mm -hmm. you can't say that as the head coach of the team that just lost. And I think that's where there's still a disconnect of Stack connecting to this fan base at large that I don't think has been resolved. But certainly beating UT uh, is going to make any Vanderbilt fan base uh, try to connect with you and be a little more willing and open to connecting with you. It's like it's like we say all the time. Um, uh, shout out to Aria Gerson. Everybody reads her stuff from the Tennessean. Earlier this week, she wrote an article. Really um, good article, by the way. Really, really good. Talking about um, attendance with Vanderbilt fans, how they can fix it. <laughs> and we've talked about it so many times. You just have to win. Just win, baby. Just, just, just if you just win, people. I'm a. If you perfect, win, the, if you win, they will come. I'm a perfect example. Like, like everyone else, I have been hypercritical, and I, I agree. Well, I think that's a. I think what you said is a great point. My expectations for this team going into this year was to make the tournament. That was the goal, not the NIT. You make the NCAA tournament. As crazy as it sounds, 
and I'm not back to like back hashtag back stack yet. But there, if you look at the schedule and you look at Kim Palm and you look at all these sort of rankings and analytics, there is a path for this team to make the tournament. Mm-hmm. If they make if they make the tournament, I am very I I am willing to be persuaded. I I will be very open minded. In fact, I'll probably I might come back over. Talk to me. Come. Uh, in a couple weeks, and and we'll talk about that. But I'm the perfect example of how do you how do you fix the fan problem? How do you get to connect with fans? You gotta win. As when Vanderbilt won last night, I made a remark earlier on the podcast and on Twitter to where I said I hope that they lose every other game because I think that's the only way to get stack out. I am not a I am not a sports talking head. I don't get paid for this. I am a fan. And that is all I am. And whenever I speak, it comes from fandom and it comes from a deep, deep love I have for Vanderbilt Athletics. I said all that after the game last night, I bought two tickets to the Auburn game. I will be in Memorial Gym whenever Auburn comes to town. That's all it takes. That's pretty sure all that, it takes. I'm pretty sure this is early work. This might be the first announcement. We're having a little bit of a tailgate of some kind before that Auburn Auburn Ooh. game. I, I was going regardless yes. because I hate myself, but we should be having <laughs> a little TDR tailgate uh, before that Auburn Uh-oh. game. More, more details to come. More details yeah. coming soon. But I, to- I totally agree. Like, how, how do you connect with fans? Those comments are still super off base, still unwarranted. But just – I don't I don't think it, oh my god you just have to win if you win I'm willing to sweep a lot of the things under the rug it's just and I'm not the only one I know there are thousands of other people like me who if you just win I'll be a very very forgiving person if you don't I can get a little spiteful winning just cures win. all yeah that's all that's all you have to do just it's- win it's funny. It makes me think of a comment from Owen on Twitter. We said we're, we're recording live tonight. Owen chimed in and said, what a special moment. Have not had an all-time shot like that in a long time. It shows the magic is still there, and being in the gym, you could feel it. We have to talk about Memorial Magic because that was like – I was I was watching the game with my dad, and I was like – I during the game, I was like, I don't remember the last time. Like, think about this. And, and yes – I think I'm being very superstitious and this is just me like talking out of my head like I'm a fan. They didn't go for the layup. Yes. Normally would somebody go for the layup like that? Yes. Vescovi shoots 80% from the free throw line. I couldn't believe he, he missed that. He should make those shots and he doesn't. That is just the weird like here we go, me being superstitious. That is just the weird memorial magic that we grew up hearing stories about Jim and that we so saw weird. glimpses in our like childhood. That that is memorial magic. That every fan towards the end of that game was just like, please just give me just like a little bit of magic. Just let me just taste it one more time. And those last couple of sequences, we got it. I mean, it just—I think is Memorial I think, Magic back. I don't know, but it was there last night, I and think that's Clyde, just a fact. I think Clyde Lee lifted that shot into that goal, like <laughs> uh, from above. That rest honestly, in guys, peace, Goose. Goose. I saw somebody say Goose yeah. guided it in. Seeing, Goose seeing guided the, it in, baby. Seeing those Goose tweets, that guys, a lot of you—that's what you see when you beat Tennessee. This, this hasn't happened in so long. In in the in football and basketball, eleven straight in basketball. How many straight will in football? Is it four now? Four, I think. I think it's four. So, mm-hmm. in the two major sports, I, I know there's a lot of Vandy baseball fans too. But in the two sports that matter the most, Tennessee has owned Vandy. They have. I mean, it's it, it's the truth. But that win last night, it's almost like it brought a little bit of pride back for a lot of Vandy fans and a lot of alums. I mean, you saw Drew Maddox. He was he he tweeted, "WTF is going on during the Alabama game." 
He, that's what he cares about the program. He wants it to do well. You be, he beat, they beat Tennessee. You saw him. He said, that's awesome. You know, anchor down, whatever. And, and you saw Riley, the chance chime in Darius Garland. You saw all kinds of alums say, man, I miss that. Matthew Fisher Davis. Fisher I Davis. Miss, I miss games like that. And guys, it was loud in there. It always is because of the, because of the acoustics in there, but it was, there were definitely more Tennessee fans, but it almost felt like, and some of those throwback Tennessee Vandy games where it's 50-50 crowd, you know, it's not always been 50-50 like that, but here recently they they've it's been it's been that way. But that's what it felt like, guys. So I think it brought a little bit of pride back. I told my brother that last night. I said, "I'm seeing some people that you haven't seen tweet about Vanderbilt basketball in a long time." And so you saw with Candace after the game, I mean, she was hugging anybody that was near her. Um, I mean, you saw the students, the, the the pride that they have. I mean, they were on ESPN, you know, storming the floor. You saw Tyron after the game talk about that's Will. I saw you put us put this on your story. That's what you that's what you live for as a basketball player, man. I mean, game winning shots mm-hmm. like that. So it just felt nice to 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 have a moment like that because it's so rare. And Owen hit on that in the comment. But I want to talk about this, guys. I mentioned the crowd. Obviously, they were not. There were Vandy fans in the building. I'm not going to say that, but it was probably 65, you know, 65, 35, something like that. You know, maybe 60, 40, but probably closer to 65, 35. Luke on Twitter says, got to talk about how fans need to show up more. Never should be that much orange in our gym. Well, Luke, I I answer that. You've got a losing product, sort of. I mean, (laughs) fans want to watch a winning product. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you've got a losing product that, that, you know, and I even tweeted that I, I responded to Will Bowling on Twitter. He was in the building and he said, this, this gym used to be, you know, the place to be when Tennessee's in town, it, you know, 10 minutes before the game, it's half full. I said, well, that's what, that's what a losing product sort of gives you guys. I mean, so I don't, I, Luke, it, I like the comment. I like the passion, but there's a reason fans didn't show up to that game. They sort also of had a six PM on a Wednesday. Exactly. Yeah. That, like I might have gone to that yeah. game, but 6 p.m. on a Wednesday. I mean, that's that's brutal for an in-state rivalry. Yeah, dry, yeah. Trying to drive through that West End traffic down there. I mean, it's not not easy. It was a late arriving crowd. But guys, I want to get a little bit deeper into that. When does that change? I mean, when w- when does that start to change a little bit? I think it might change a little bit for the Auburn game. Say Vanderbilt goes on the road and beats Florida. Say they pull off a win against Auburn. They've got Florida again at home. That's when it could sort of start to change, but to the level that we want it to be at, it's not till you make the tournament, guys. It's just it's not, and, and win that. tournament games, right? And well, win tournament games. I think I don't know if I'd go that far, but getting in the tournament is big. You know, I mean, that's sort of a, a stamp on, you know, that if they make it this year, that would almost be an act of God. <laughs> I mean, that that's that's what it would be. So that would obviously yes. be huge, but it's doubtful that that happens. I mean, it's it's very doubtful. So, I just want to pose that to you guys. What, when does that that change? Because Luke wants it to change. Vandy fans want it to change. That they want to be in that building, but can they trust the product? Can they trust the product right now? I don't think it's that complicated. I I mean, I think they have Mississippi State at home, uh, the last game of this season. Yeah, they have seven games remaining on the schedule. I guarantee you, if Vanderbilt goes five and one prior to that Mississippi State game. On, that place will be packed, guarantee you. But if they go three and two, or if they go two and three, it won't be. And it's going to be an, a not, it's going to be an awful crowd. So it's very simple. I don't even think it takes that much. I, I think this fan base is dying to watch a good product and they are very willing to hop on a hype train. You've won two in a row, make it two more in a row, four game win streak going into Auburn the crowd is going to be better. 7.30 p.m., I believe, tip on mm-hmm. Saturday, mm. going to be a good crowd. And honestly, if I'll, they don't I'll say this. lose the next two games. And like that, it's it's overcomplicated. It's just, it's, yeah, it's, it's the just hardest answer math. because just, it's the hardest we, answer and the simplest answer. We just win. got another question from Nate, by the way, like just now. He said, will this bring more fans into the building? Well, they, go beat Auburn. And that Auburn game, or go beat Florida, sorry, on the road th- this weekend. That Auburn game, that'll be a pretty solid crowd. I, I mean, it's a Saturday night. Memorial Gym on Saturday nights, guys, looking back, even in the Stackhouse era, 
it hasn't been great, but it also hasn't been awful. I mean, it's, you know, you've seen some Saturday games that have been somewhat lively. The Arkansas game this year, that was a, that was a pretty decent crowd for, for the standards of the last four years, at least. So yeah, yes, you've got to win consistently string together some wins here. You've got to validate this, that the Stackhouse said that. And I, guys, I loved his presser after the game, by the way. You know, I was thinking he was going to come with a lot of, you know, Derek Masonisms, and you know, maybe maybe start dancing in the presser or something. But he was cracking <laughs> joke. He was cracking jokes. He was he was saying the right things. I thought Jordan Wright was sort of a a CEO of the team. Tyra Lawrence was there. It was very soft spoken, which I think is so funny because you know he 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 had like the biggest moment of his career, and he's you know it's like a a five word sentence you know in in the presser. So. Um, but guys, I, I, I kind of leave it at that with the reaction from this game. And I know we're going to get to Florida, but any sort of final thoughts from that game? And and I'm still stunned, by the way, guys. I, I, I'm still stunned by what I saw. I thought extreme resiliency is a good word for that. Um, just in culture, I know that's a buzzword. I said culture, question mark. I think we learned a little bit about this, the culture in this team. I don't I'm not... I'm not convinced of it quite yet. I'm not convinced of how strong this culture is. I don't trust it yet. But, man, beating a number six team on your home floor that's your in-state rival says a little bit about it, you know, and Ty Wren nailing that game winner. So, I guess final thoughts before we talk a little bit about Florida, guys, this weekend. Great game, I think, great win, yeah. do it again. That That's <laughs> great game, great win, do it again. Three words, they kind of rhyme. That's my last thoughts is I'm relishing in this win, but it doesn't do anything besides give me pep in my step today and tomorrow for the overall view of this program. It's a great first step, but it's just, or a second step. I'd say Ole Miss was step one yeah. winning that game, but it was a great second step, a big second step, but there's still a lot of steps to be taken even this season. I I mean, I don't think there's much else to be said. I think the goal is, I mean, Billy, you said it wonderfully. It would be an act of God to get into the tournament, but there is a clear path for this Vanderbilt team to make an appearance in March Madness, and that is the goal. And I think last night was a huge step forward towards that goal, and you just have to keep – you just have to keep compiling those wins. You have to go against teams that you know you're better than. You can't play down to their level. You have to go and you have to stomp on their neck and get out with a win. And you just have to keep doing it and doing it and doing it. I will say, last night, I haven't felt that way. Long time. After after not just a Vanderbilt basketball game, but a, a Vanderbilt sporting event. I haven't felt that way in a really, really long time. I think the Florida game, no, I felt way better last night than I did after the Florida football game just because it's Tennessee. They're number six in the nation. Vandy fans enjoy it. This is a huge step forward. We've all been super critical. I think that those that criticism is incredibly warranted. This is a huge step forward. To your Tennessee friends, tell them they're losers because they are. We own them. <laughs> Rub it in their face. They suck. Their basketball program is dead. They thought that they could win with Rick Barnes when Rick Barnes couldn't win with Kevin Durant. You think he's winning with Santiago Vescovi? They're crazy. Rub it in their face. Jerry Stackhouse, I know it's one win. I don't care. Jerry Stackhouse owns Tennessee basketball. Tennessee basketball is dead. Rick Barnes is Butch Jones. If you have a Tennessee friend, if you have a Tennessee coworker, rub it in their face. They came at a memorial gym. They took the L. And hopefully we can have more to come. Enjoy it, Vandy fans. Tennessee sucks. Let your nuts hang. <laughs> Trevor, I just got a notification. Russell Smith wants to hop in our Zoom meeting right now. He, he's trying. Hey. He's desperately trying to get in. <laughs> Wills, there's no way in hell he hears this. But Russell Smith, just know, I'm like, I'm like Batman in the latest Batman movie door. He's like, who are you? Uh, Russell, I am vengeance. You can kick me out of every Twitter space. Every time you see my Twitter, you can block me. You can kick me out of the space. Just know 
I will always be there. I will create another Twitter account. I will log into someone else's Twitter account. Russell, you cannot get rid of me. And anytime something bad happens to Tennessee fans, Vanderbilt fans will be in those spaces. And just know, you cannot get rid of me. You will always pick up my call, Russell. You will never get rid of me. I will always be there. That's that's why Vanderbilt needs to keep winning. You know, hopping into other teams' spaces. That's the best content uh, for Vanderbilt fans. But those guys are losers too. What a bunch of weirdos! <laughs> Not the Vandy fans. Russell Smith and a guy who calls himself Bear. I don't know. What a weirdo. Two thirty on Saturday, guys. Two thirty at Florida. This is a huge game. Not only for Vanderbilt, but for Florida. They just got slaughtered by Bama. I don't know what the final score was of that game, but Alabama just ran Florida off their home floor just like they did Vanderbilt. So Florida's going to be at home. They're going to be comfortable. This is the test right here, guys. Stackhouse talked about it. I was listening to his appearance on 102.5 The Game uh, this morning, and he talked about enjoying the win. And he he, he literally said, he said, we might en- we might enjoy this Tennessee game throughout the night tonight. Like we're gonna keep enjoying this. I, you know, I like that. I love that. But you, this team's got to be ready to play Saturday because this is a big game. I think if you beat Florida, you'll have a few more pocket of fans show up for that Auburn game at home. I, I really do believe that. So, well, that'll bring us to our Byram betting advice for this weekend's game: Vanderbilt at Florida in Gainesville. It's brought to you by Pickett. Will tell us about Pickett and give us your thoughts on the game. I know the line isn't out yet. They usually come out Saturday morning, so I know you'll tweet something out, but tell us about Pickett and get us ready for Saturday's game. Oh, you're muted. Now I'm unmuted, but here we go. Byron's betting corner with no lines available. So corner, this is going huh? to be an interesting, this is going to be an interesting predict, take predict on the betting, the but, but Pickett, let, let me tell you about Pickett. Okay, all of your bets and friends in one place. You can automatically sync all your favorite sports books, shop the lines from all of the major sports books, track performances, explore bets across your community, all in one app, the Picket app. With Picket, you can see all your sports betting accounts in one place, compare your stats from week to week and month to month at the click of a button, and engage with your community by seeing what others are betting and interacting with all their activities. So I tweeted out a screenshot from the Picket app and people mm-hmm. asked me where I got it. Inside of the Picket app, you can use the code TDR, ACE doesn't matter, log into the Picket app, type in TDR, and you either get $3 or $100 directly Venmoed to you just for signing up and syncing your first sportsbook account. So you can not only see the lines, you can also see where money is flowing in on the lines. In the Tennessee game, for example, like 97% of the money on the money line was flowing in on Tennessee, obviously. But about 80% of the money prior to the game was coming in on Vanderbilt at plus 10.5. So about 50% of the bets were coming in uh, on either side of that line and 80% of the money. So the smart money was coming in on Vanderbilt. So that was a little peek into how the market was viewing the game overall. So that is, once again, picket. P-I-A-K-I-T. So, Billy, the Florida game, don't have much of a betting preview because none of the lines are out, so no bets have been made, and there's no market flow or market movement at all. Uh, but what's, I would guess Vanderbilt, yeah. I would guess they're going to be a four, five-and-a-half-point underdog uh, at Florida. Remember, home court is usually two, two to three points, uh, and then I would say Florida on a neutral site would be favored by about three-and-a-half. I'm going to say plus... Really? Six and a half is my final prediction uh, of that line. Trevor, what what did you think? I'm not as much of an expert on line setting in basketball as football. Usually well, football. I, I, I mean, I'm not. I'm not either, but you think they would be that much on a, even like a neutral site? This Florida team is not good. I don't think. I, I think it's the venue I, a lot. I, like Florida does play well at home. Like they beat Tennessee at home. Uh, they've you got know, those I, dumb students right you, like you just got you got to remember yeah. that no matter what you're going to see three points probably from the book on the home court and then remember i always point this out the line doesn't predict the outcome of the game the line hedges the book's odds and normally with the vig attempts to get 50 percent of the money on either side so 
always there is not always normally there is value in the Vanderbilt line because there's not a lot of money flowing in on Vanderbilt ever. And if there is money flowing in, it's usually on the other side, either just because of name or other large fan bases. So I always like take whatever I think the line is going to be in basketball and then add a couple points. Uh, and that's usually where I'm at. And because I didn't okay. expect them to be a favorite over anyone with how yeah. they were playing, even against that Ole Miss no. team that they were three and a half point favorites. No. And Florida is they're six and five in the SEC. They're a, they're a spot ahead of Vanderbilt, sort of in that middle pack of the SEC. So Vanderbilt beats Florida. They they would have that that tiebreaker, I think. Uh, but they got to play Florida again at, at Memorial, like two games later, if I'm not mistaken. So mm-hmm. this, they're they're going to get familiar with this Florida team. And, and guys, this is the challenge. We we talked in the football season. I said I'm not ready for that Hawaii game. I'm more interested to see how they respond against Elon in in that in that that second week. That 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 was the challenge. The challenge for this basketball team right now is responding after the biggest win of a lot of these players' careers. Stack said it. He said that's my favorite shot of my career, player or coach. So that after that big of a moment, that that loud of a statement, can you validate it? Can you? I mean, that's that's the that's the question ahead for this team, and, and if they can do it, good on them. That 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 Memorial Gym, it, it, there'll, there'll be a few more fans show up for that Auburn game. But guys, I, I think that's the challenge. We haven't seen it. You know, we haven't seen what's the longest winning streak in the Stack era. I'd love to know that. Uh, but you know, last season you didn't really see a, a, a big long string of victories. I know it's rare in college basketball in general, but I think this team knows what's at stake. Stackhouse is smart enough to know that's what they've got to do. They've got to string together wins, and it starts against Florida. And Auburn, guys, after beating Tennessee at home, that's a confidence builder. I mean, at this point, you you should believe you can beat anybody, you know? So four, Will, okay, so four. four one, time they, one time they won four games last season. Okay. So uh, yeah. Other than that, it has been yeah. three games. It's been the most they've been able to win in a row, and they've already won two, so – yeah, so you know you, you could break that here, and I think this is the spot. I, I I looked at the spot where they could do it, and I said it started with this Tennessee game. That this Tennessee game at home is winnable. Then you go on the road to play a Florida team, you're probably better than, and, and you can beat. Then you got a Florida team at home, guys. So this is it. I mean, th- th- it's not over. I like. I, I've heard a lot of people talk about the this, this win over Tennessee, and and basically say, you know. It's it's over. We're back on stack. We're we're back with him. We're all on board. Hop back on board. I, I've seen a few people say that, but this is not all that can happen, and that should happen. You've got to keep it going. So, and it'll start two thirty SEC Network on Saturday. And guys, that that's what I've got on the basketball end. And you know, I think what they showed, guys, they showed they can do it. They've got it. We've said that. We've said that in episodes. We say they've got the talent to go beat. Every SEC team, I really believe if 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 they played their best players, if Tyron played, they probably could have beaten that Alabama team on the road. Alabama probably would have had to shoot the ball very poorly, but they're good enough to beat anybody in the SEC if they put their mind to it. So that's where this team's at, and we'll see Saturday, Vanderbilt at Florida down in Gainesville. It hasn't been kind to Vanderbilt uh, going down to Gainesville. It's not kind of, it's not kind to many people. So that's uh, that's where the team's at right now. Guys, we're also – Eight days away from baseball. I, I mean, that, yes. has, that has really snuck up on us. So we've got a lot of baseball content coming next week. We're going to get Mike Rooney from D1Baseball.com on. Runes, we try to get him on before every season. And Rhett Wiseman is also going to check in next week. Uh, former Vandy boy. A lot of passion. Keeps up with the program. So we're going to have a couple co- podcasts next week for baseball. They start the season in Arlington. So they'll, they'll play in that uh, college baseball showdown, they're calling it. Uh, in Arlington, they'll play a few Big 12 teams and that. Uh, so, guys, baseball, it, honestly, I'm I, beating Tennessee get, just got me excited for baseball season. It, it's almost like it turned it into, okay, we've got baseball coming up too. The groundbreaking, Coach uh, Coach Deermeyer, Daniel Deermeyer called it a symbolic, <laughs> he called it a symbolic day because they had the groundbreaking there. And then you beat Tennessee. Can they keep it going? Can they keep it going, guys? That's the question. So, it, it's in front of them. It's in front of them, guys. This team has it in front of them, and it's up, it's up to them. It, it really is. And, guys, I, they showed what they can do, Will. They, they showed they can do it. they got to go do it again because we've said that. They've got to string together wins. And if you're not able to do it, I don't know that you're going to have many people hop back on that bandwagon. I, I, I really don't. 
we mentioned it a couple episodes ago. I don't remember which one it was, but the schedule upcoming, there's no more ranked teams left on the schedule. There is there are good teams left on the schedule, but no more ranked teams. So the net the final seven games are at Florida, at South Carolina, at home against Auburn, away at LSU, home Florida, at Kentucky, and then home against Mississippi State. Every single one of those games is winnable. But in my opinion, for this season not to be deemed a failure, not necessarily a success, but for this season to not be deemed a failure, they need to go five and two uh, in the remaining seven games. They can slip up twice. I would say that LSU and Mississippi State are must-win games. You cannot lose those games against bottom-tier teams in conference. Now, the other five, you've got to go a minimum of three and two. I think that is reasonable expectations for this team in the seven-game stretch with the expectations we had going into the year, the talent level in the roster, beating number six in the country, and moving forward, they should have momentum. And basketball is a momentum sport. Hopefully, that confidence can carry over for the remainder of the season. And guys, yeah, yeah, go ahead, Trev. I, I just, just something on this Florida game. I, this Florida game, this weekend is a big game. I just looked it up. Um, Florida, I think number forty-three in Ken Palm in net rankings, which the NCAA tournament, whenever they decide what teams they want to bring in, um, they're starting to make the shift. Um, towards net rankings, not the traditional AP and whatnot. Um, also, Florida in the mid-40s in net rankings, um, beating this Florida team, Vanderbilt right now on Ken Palm, I think they bumped up to 95 after last night. They yeah. were at 100, bumped up to 95. Um, this would be back-to-back. The Tennessee, obviously, a quad one win. Um, that's going to headline a resume. Arkansas, that's probably going to be the second best one on the resume. Don't sleep on this Florida game. For Vanderbilt basketball, this Florida game this Saturday is a big, big, big game. This is – I Tennessee was massive. Tennessee – I don't want to say it could be a program changing because I just don't – I don't want to just like go on a a tirade or a tyrant or whatever. I don't even know. I'm like Jerry Stackhouse where he couldn't say his word in a press conference. Uh, Yes, but (laughs) – he, hey, he could be my he could be my benevolent dictator if he keeps winning. That's cool with me. Um, <laughs> but you need to you need to win this game Saturday, Vandy fans. This is a huge huge game this Saturday, and I don't want to look too far ahead, but I kind of am. Well, I totally agree. You can afford to, and I don't even know if I like using the word afford, but I think you can afford to drop two games. The rest you have to win, and you're going to have to work some magic in the SEC tournament. Finishing, I think if they finish 500 in the SEC, not ideal, of course, if you look at their schedule before the season, but at this point where they're at right now, if they're able to finish 500 in the SEC, that would you'd be sitting in a good spot. Make a run in the SEC tournament. If you make the NIT, that might change the perception a little bit, but I think if you're able to find that bubble somehow of, of the NCAA, if you're able to be mentioned maybe somehow by a miracle in that next four out, maybe, you know, you string some wins, you're you're on that Lenardi board somewhere, somehow. That's a step, guys. That's a step where, you know, mm-hmm. they, they haven't been this year. So uh, Florida at Florida and then at South Carolina next week and then Auburn at home. So that Auburn game is also big as well. So that's the challenge ahead for Vanderbilt, and we'll talk about it, guys. We'll we'll talk about that Florida game next week, and then we'll, of course, preview that Auburn game. In terms of baseball, they start with TCU next Friday, 3 o'clock first pitch, and then Oklahoma State on Saturday at 11 a.m., and then Texas on Sunday. That's a 10-30 first pitch, so three straight Big 12 teams to start the year for the Vandy boys. We'll talk all about that next week. But uh, nice little TDR, and you've been listening to episode 204 of the Door Report, powered by Alaco Fine Wood Floors.